Knifey Lion Radio presents Alan Koch, The Redemption Train. It's 5 a.m. at the Vancouver train station known as the Coover Shooter. A square-jawed man with a long wool scarf, sitting on the back of a Vespa that a woman is driving, pulls up. It's Alan Koch, the former head coach of FC Cincinnati. I'm looking for the train to Colorado. Oh yeah, the train to Rado's about half a stick that away, said a friendly Mountie. Alan kisses the woman, his wife, on the cheek, then quickly shushes her on her lips with his index finger. I know what you're going to say, and please, don't say it. She nods silently as he turns away. Just don't be so fucking weird this time, okay? His wife says, unable to resist. All aboard! Shouts the Coover shooter, Conductor Wachter. Alan finds his seat, throws his cleats into the overhead storage, and gazes out onto the icy landscape. A frail old woman sits down beside him. Alan turns to her. This trip is a process. We must honor this process. The woman stands up to find a new seat. And off they chug. After crossing the Canadian border, the train stops in Yakima, Washington. There, Groups of small beggar children attempt to sell rotten fruit and tapestries made by trained mules. This is Yakima. Alan cracks open his train car window and says, I'm looking for good character players, not just good players. Tell I missed a buy a piece of fruit. We buy one mistake. Come on. Okay, hold this. Alan hands the child a small metal case. Mister, what's this case all about? What does chicken sound? Is there money for one of those spy bananas or something? Just hold that for a moment. They are The train starts to lurch forward, leaving Yakima Station. Mr. the case. And don't you want some of this food? Mm-mm, so good. The child gets further and further out of view. Wait, 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 don't wait, mister. Alan looks down at his electronic watch. Four, three. Two, one. A massive explosion rocks the station as Alan lets out a fiendish cackle. <laughs> Looks like the next train would be scraping up fruit smoothies. Inside the train's engine, the conductor radios headquarters. Oh gosh, the explosion was huge. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. Well, should we go back and check on everyone? Uh-huh, okay, okay, sir. Just keep heading to Rado. Okay, sir. Well, sure hope nobody on this train had anything to do with it. The sun began to set as the train perumped through Baker City, Oregon. The trees were everywhere. It was a carpenter's wet dream. 
So much amazing wood. A carpenter would have a field day with all this wood. Pine, hemlock, cedar, live oak. Letting a carpenter loose in these forests would be like putting a shark in front of a fish it loved to eat. Or putting a toilet in front of a person who was in desperate need of a toilet. It was positively pornographic. This is a carpenter's wet dream, Alan said. Nobody seemed to hear him, and he couldn't waste this hilarious line. So he stood up and pounded the wall of the train car with his fist. Excuse me, everyone, but I couldn't help but notice all of these spectacular trees and... Alan suddenly feels the eyes of everyone on the train car firmly fixed on him. It's his time to deliver this brilliant line with true gusto. And it's truly a carpenter's wet dream. Several rows back, a man sneezes. It's the only reaction. He must have sneezed from laughter, Alan thinks to himself as he sits back down. With the sun now fully set, he drifts into dreamland. There's no doubt a carpenter would have had a nocturnal emission about the plethora of amazing woods surrounding them while dreaming. But Alan dreamed of something else. Redemption. You see, Alan didn't just coach his soccer team in Cincinnati, Ohio. He coached it with every fiber of his being. But like bread that is very old, too old to eat, things went stale. But that was all a memory now. The future was Colorado, this train, and the Christians of Colorado Springs. Next stop, Green River, Wyoming. Alan is startled awake. Wyoming, he thinks. There's something about Wyoming. He grabs a man two rows in front of him. Sir, please turn around right now. Hey man, relax. What is it? I've always said, why not Oming? What the fuck? They say, why Oming? I say, why not Oming? Dude, if you don't leave me alone, I'm yelling for the train security guy. Alan slunked back in his seat. This was just like Cincinnati, he thought to himself. I try to show my personality to people, and I'm ignored or threatened with the law. No. These people are my friends. I'm sure of it. Alan went to the next train car and poked a woman in the shoulder. Um, may I help you? Yes, you may. I have a question I need help with. Okay, go ahead. Do you think Wayo is as good at basketball as his brother? I'm sorry, what? It's a straightforward question, Mom. Do you think Wayo is as good as his brother? Sir, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Wayo's brother, Yao, from China. Who? Yao Ming. His brother? Yes, his brother, Wyoming. Please get the fuck away from my seat. His wife had warned him. Not everyone wants to have fun all the time or shares his fantastic sense of humor. Why was he so off-putting to strangers and friends alike? Alan sunk back into his seat, picked up his cell phone, and called his old friend, Lance Lang. Damn. No answer again. He was wondering if maybe they weren't friends at all. Luckily, the next train station was approaching. Maybe this place could help put his mind at ease. Next stop, Fort Collins, Colorado. Alan raced to be the first off the train for this one-hour stop. No beggar children with spoiled fruits in Fort Collins. Instead, Fort Collins had obscenely tall perfume models spraying each passenger as they stepped off, whether they wanted it or not. Alan turned the corner of the street and noticed a Walgreens. This was the perfect place to buy cough medicine. 
He didn't need it yet, but Alan couldn't stand being unprepared. The automatic door slid open, and Alan sashayed inside. Alan, you ruined your surprise. It was his wife, buying a greeting card and a box of wine. I was going to meet you in Colorado Springs at the train station. This is quite the development. Honey, why do you smell like perfume? It's the train station, sweetheart. As soon as you step off the- Stop it. Don't even start with one of your lies. Stop it. I thought you were going to be different. I thought you were going to be truthful in this new town. But no. There's more lies upon lies. They're honestly like Amazonian women with perfume- Jesus, Alan! I don't want to know what they look like. Next she'll be telling me her bra size. I can't believe you. I'm leaving, Alan. And don't be surprised if I end up running into a carpenter on the way back. The trees. My god. The trees! The Audubon. trees! Alan was devastated. He clip-clopped back onto the train, head in his hands. His new coaching career in Colorado Springs was already off to a rough start. And he hadn't even arrived. By now, news reports of the Yakima bombing were spreading far and wide. He couldn't be so brazen about explosives from here on out, and he was single. He decided then and there to regrow his goatee and stop at the next Dickies outlet he could find. It was short sleeve button-up season. As the train got closer to Colorado Springs, the buzz was off the charts. Most passengers had begun dancing in the aisles. Steel drums had been taken out of their cases, and the pulsating music of Trinidad and of Tobago ran through the cabins. But Alan didn't dance, no. His dancing days were over. He was a coach again. Not some fucking carpenter who blows his load every time he passes through a deciduous forest. There was honor to be reclaimed. One more power nap before the trip was over. Alan grabbed his bags and slowly trundled off the train. He looked around and breathed in the pure Colorado Springs air. The air was pure, but Alan's mood was that of a vegetable fart. The team had set him up with a fully furnished condo, but the last thing he needed was to be alone. He set his travel bag behind a large bush, a bush that was stranger than the other bushes around now approaching it, as to not forget Colorado which Springs, one. Train station. Alan was heading downtown, downtown Colorado Springs. A wondrous land of Oz, the heart of God's country, and a beacon of entertainment for all of America. New Springs Chuckle Hut. Interesting. It was a comedy club. The kind of place that might appreciate the coach's humor. And I see on the sign it's open mic night. Well, he knew what he had to do. Leave the old world behind and step into a brand new one, full of laughs. He could walk in the footsteps of Jeff Dunham's puppets, or Monique, Gallagher, maybe the guy from Cash Cab who quit Cash Cab and started doing stand-up that was mostly about Cash Cab, and Jeff Dunham, the guy with the puppets. A burly man with a handlebar mustache and a red tank top bursting with chest hair sat on a stool just inside the door. You the headliner? I thought it was open mic night. We never change the marquee. Are you Roy Grodin, the headliner or not? This was it. 
it was shit or do not shit on the toilet time for Alan. He'd come all this way to Colorado Springs for this moment and to coach their soccer team. But right here, right now, he had to make his move. Yes, I am. Roy Groden. Okay, Roy, get up there. The crowd was packed. Over 200 people waiting on pins and needles for the comedic stylings of Roy Groden. And as soon as Alan stepped on the stage, you could hear the rumblings from the crowd. That's not Roy Groden. Is that Roy Groden? Wow. Roy Groden looks different in real life. There's Roy Groden. I'd know that face anywhere. I hate Roy Groden. Alan stepped behind the mic. Hello, Colorado Springs. It's Roy Groden time. Soka, it's a funny game. Teams play in a match. There's a striker. And if the ball hits the post, they call it the woodwork. Match, striker, woodwork. Is this a sport or a campfire? Coaching soccer is an all-loss. I had a player sub in a game, and I told him, get a goal. He ran back to the sideline and said, my goal is to lose 20 kilos by next year. Whoops, not that kind of goal. The crowd was erupting with laughter. Many were confused that the political humor of Roy Groden was now almost entirely about coaching soccer but they went along for the ride regardless. I recently traveled through Wyoming. The question I keep asking is, why Oming? Well, tell me not why Oming. His Wyoming joke finally got the respect it deserved, and it was time to bring it on home. Has anyone been to New Hampshire lately? If it's this much of a shithole now, I would hate to see Old Hampshire They were eating from the palm of his hand. A comedy king was being born before the people's eyes. Just then, the metal door of the chuckle hut swung open. Everyone stop and look at me, said a man silhouetted in the doorway. I'm Roy fucking Groden, and this man most certainly is not. The crowd gasped. A woman looked towards Alan and cried out, Traitor! I want to die, bellowed an old man. People, please. You were just laughing at my routine. Why does it matter if I'm Roy Grodin, Saul Yorlin, Mel Milton, or, or me, Colorado Springs head coach Alan Koch? The crowd fell silent. They didn't know if they should cheer or keep booing the fake Grodin. The moment seemed frozen in time while the real Roy walked onto the stage and gently pried the mic from Alan's clammy hand. Folks, I haven't felt this awkward since Gerald Ford's fourth week in office. His classic Roy. Honestly, folks, I'm sorry I was late. My car skidded off the road when I hit a patch of Ronald Reagan's hair pomade. <laughs> Groden was killing. Alan puttered off the stage, feeling about one inch tall. Before he could leave, he felt a soft hand on his shoulder. He turned around. It was the burly doorman. Hey, Alan, you might not be Roy fucking Groden, but I know one thing. You got the chops. Funny stuff. Alan smiled and a solitary tear of joy rolled down his cheek. He left the club and headed back to the special bush to get his bag, then started walking to his new condo. Only now, he was walking as a coach slash stand-up comedian.
The condo was dark. It was nighttime and the lights weren't on. He couldn't see a thing. What is this, a joke? Where's the furniture? Where are the appliances? Is there anything in there? He switched on the light, and it was no longer dark. Now he could see inside, and what a sight it was. Fully furnished with a big couch, big TV, big fridge, big landline, telephone, big shoe rack, big box of newspapers, big clock in a weird place, and a big plant. Turning on the light allowed him to see inside, whereas before, he couldn't see anything. The importance of lighting when the sun is away is the first of many Colorado lessons Alan needed to learn. It looked like this town would take some getting used to. Finally, alone with his thoughts, Alan let rip an extremely moist-sounding fart. I am alone with my body, he said to no one. Tomorrow was the first practice with his new team, so he figured it was time to get some sleep. The fully furnished apartment came with a bed, and Alan was over the moon that he wouldn't have to sleep standing up in the corner. Yes, you could say things were finally turning around for the coach who loved to laugh. As Alan slept, the nightmares began. He thought of the beggar boy and the innocent people of Wakama who he had blown up for no real motive. He thought of the Amazonian-sized perfume women who ruined his marriage. Then he thought of some more jokes for his next set. The alarm buzz woke Alan up. Time to meet his team for their first practice. Should be a normal day. But would it be? (laughs) 